Natural Selections is supported by Tug Hill Tomorrow Land Trust, helping kids and their families fall in love with nature. Learn more at TugHillTomorrowLandTrust.org. You keep a journal, right? Like a, a nature journal of things that you observe. I've tried so many times to do that, you know, and I'll keep it going for a while, and then pff, I don't remember. You know, I put it away, and I'm figuring that's useless. It just bits and pieces of information. Oh, gosh, no, there's so many uses for that kind of thing. I mean, the personal reasons are enough justification. I mean, just as a way to sort of um, observe the world around you and appreciate it and look back on good memories. And then, of course, there's the legacy thing. If you pass that on mm-hmm. to descendants or to friends, they get to see what your life was like, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But I think if there's today even more value for these kinds of things because the world is changing so much that the the life that we think is so mundane and normal today, um, just that very fact that it's normal now yeah. is going to be more interesting later when it's not. Well, you're thinking as a scientist. I mean, I know we've done uh, little projects where you've found journals from people who've kept records of ice out and, and stuff, and that informs you know, your research now. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just observations that folks thought, well, you know, who's going to care about this? They probably had no idea what little tidbit in that diary was going to be interesting. But uh, I've been collecting stuff that goes back centuries from the area, and you can see patterns in it, like mm-hmm. with the ice and the, the snow. You can watch from this cold time we had several centuries ago into the modern warming. So the oldest journal I've been able to find was Samuel de Champlain when he was coming down the lake in 1609, his first visit with some Native Americans. And uh, he just wrote everything he saw. And uh, one thing he mentioned in the diary was he looked over to the east at this range of mountains and there was snow on top. And he wrote this journal entry in July. Wow, so in the green, the green mountains, mountains we're talking. having snow on them. So that's interesting. And then uh, the 1790s, Thomas Jefferson came up, Lake George and Lake Champlain, and talking to folks. And he wrote home describing all the stuff he saw. And one thing he mentioned was the local folks told him Lake Champlain freezes in November, which, of course, now it doesn't do at all. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) it doesn't freeze. Yeah. Yeah, or if it does, it's January, February. So that's, you know, warmer. And then um, just uh, recently I found a a diary from Charles Lyell, you say the father of modern geology, came over to the States, uh, went down Lake Champlain in 1842, looked over to the Adirondacks Mm -hmm. and said, oh, Mount Marcy's got snow on it. And that was in July. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a pretty – have you ever seen snow on Marcy in July? You know, in theory, once in a while it could happen. And so you could say if any one of those observations on on itself could just been a weird year. But Mm -hmm. when you see that pattern Mm -hmm. clustered into what the other records say was a cooler time than now, Mm -hmm. that's irrefutable evidence of what's going on now. And fascinating. And it was just you look around – you see what you see, and you write it down. Yeah, but and sometimes you know to have the consistency that you're talking about, you can make it fun. Like some of the best evidence we have of the change now is the ice. We're getting less ice on the lakes now, and uh, people that comes from ice out contests that people do. You know, so that can be fun, and that's good too because then you have strict rules. If you're going to win that ice out contest, you go, "Oh, we put the chair on this bay, and when the chair falls through the ice, we know it's ice out." Uh-huh. It's important to have those clear rules, 
as to what are you measuring because people can measure these things differently. So I bet, you know, if you were uh, to find a journal, you I mean, somebody could describe the the ice of a lake differently, like the first time it freezes all the way over or the first time this bay freezes or... Right. So just be really specific about what you're recording. So like exactly with the freeze up thing. And so, uh, but you just really never, never know what's going to be useful. And one of the most amazing examples was a friend, Val White, uh, found a journal in a, a, a house in Cranberry Lake up in the attic. It was a paper journal and it went from 1959 to 1991. A retired fellow called Robert Simon just mm-hmm. twice a day would write down Everything he saw from the weather to the ice out to the birds coming. And fortunately, he wrote down every time a thunderstorm went over. And that's something that weather stations don't normally measure. So it turns out uh, my my students at Paul Smith's College analyzed this. And sure enough, there was an increasing trend in thunderstorms with the blowdowns, the lightning strikes, the downpours um, becoming more frequent, just like the computer models say should happen as the world warms. So you mentioned one word that I think is important, and that is paper. <laughs> don't keep this on your iPhone. Absolutely. Write it down. Yeah, don't forget to do the paper, <laughs> because if that had been on old floppy disks or something like that, it would have gone in the trash. Yeah. So thanks very much, Dr. Kurt Steger of Paul Smith College. I'm Martha Foley at St. Lawrence University. Natural Selections is produced by North Country Public Radio with natural sounds by Ted Mack. The program is underwritten by Paul Smith's The College of the Adirondacks, 800-421-2605.